Welcome, everybody. It's the F1 Feast presented by filibusterfreestyle.com. That's right, Formula One Feast. We're talking Miami Grand Prix. We're about six days late in terms of recording our thoughts, in terms of when the race ended. But here we are on a sunny Saturday in Boston, Massachusetts, in the studio. And uh, we're bringing in Cindy Harrington. But more importantly than any of the race comments... Cindy and I are going to eat half of a Cuban sandwich each. As you know, on F1 Feast, we like to move and shake. We like to do a lot of things, but without a doubt, we like to do our best to sample the cuisine, the fare of the area that is hosting the Grand Prix of that weekend. And this one happens to be here in the United States, way down south, all the way to the tip of southeast Florida, Miami, Miami, Bienvenido, Cuban sandwich, and the best part is, if you listen to our friend Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good, also part of the Kitchen Quarantine podcast for the Filibuster Freestyle Podcast Network, Jeremy Johnson couldn't have enough good things to say about the Cuban sandwich. And so Cindy and I have a reason to, to go to a local restaurant and get their take on the Cuban sandwich delivered Thanks to unofficial sponsor of the week, Uber Eats, even though our first driver canceled on us. I digress. Speaking of drivers, 20 of them started the Miami Grand Prix. Cindy and I get into all that after the theme song. Coming up, we discuss Miami, Max Verstappen, Checo, the rest of the crew, all of them. Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. All right, we are back, and before Cindy and I get into it, one disclaimer and one announcement. The disclaimer is we're not going to eat this whole Cuban sandwich on the podcast. We've decided... Nobody really wants to listen to an audio podcast with no video and listen to people chew their food. So we'll probably do most of that eating off camera, though we will comment on how good the sandwich is. But before I bring Cindy in, let me tell you about my friends Drilling Threes, America's favorite party band, at Drilling Threes on Instagram. They are coming back to the Boston area. They are playing at Patriot Place which is in Foxborough, Massachusetts, home of the New England Patriots. They'll be playing on the stage, the summer concert stage there. It is going to be Friday. Try to say Saturday. Do not go on Saturday. You can, just won't, drilling threes won't be there. Friday, July 28th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., three big sets from your friends at Drilling Threes. Make sure you give them a follow on Instagram, at Drilling Threes, like I said earlier, at Drilling Threes, at Drilling Threes, one more time. And you will make sure you get all the information you need to know on any of the other shows coming up, either before or after that show. But I can tell you with great accuracy that Drilling Threes will be at Patriot Place playing outdoors Friday, July 28th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Free show. Mark your calendars accordingly. All right. We are here. Cindy Harrington. Hello. Hello. How was your Cuban sandwich? It was delightful, actually. How long has it been since you've had a Cuban sandwich? I'm gonna be very honest. I'm not sure I've ever had one. That was your first Cuban sandwich. Yeah, I would. It's never something I would outright pick on a menu. But and you did it for the F1 feast. I sure did. And you would do it again. It was delicious. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, so Cindy has her first Cuban sandwich ever. We're just uh, playing around phones. Oh, Sorry. playing around phones. 
But as I was going to say, man cooked good. Jeremy Johnson said you can never go wrong with a Cuban. And even here, you know, over a thousand miles away from Miami, we were able to find a, a half decent Cuban sandwich here. So we are feasted and we're not going to make anybody listen to us chew on the air. Speaking of getting feasted, this year's rookie class mm-hmm. is getting eaten alive by the rest of the drivers. Yeah. The final three places of this race mm-hmm. were Nick DeVries in 18th, mm-hmm. rookie, Oscar Piastri, 19th, rookie, yep. Logan Sargent, dead effing last, rookie. Also the only American in the Correct. Lineup. In his home Grand Prix, in Grand Prix <laughs> they don't even publish his time behind Max. He's just plus one lap, as was Piastri. Oh, yikes. Um, Nick DeVries was a shade under 89 seconds, which basically is a minute and a half behind the race. Wow. So, <clears throat> with the rookies, I, I have a couple observations. Number okay. one, um, did Williams really need to get rid of Latifi for Logan Sargent, who's basically coming in in the same place as Latifi used to, which is last place. I mean, I guess at least he's finishing. Yeah, and probably his upside's much higher, obviously. But yeah. if I'm Latifi right now, I'm thinking, man, they, they, they cut me in my billion-dollar you know, ability to help fund the team right. for this clown. No no offense, even though it was not a very nice thing to say about Logan Sargent, but I get it that he's in the Williams. But when your teammate is in 14th, and your teammate has the one solitary point you've earned all season, Alex Albon. Albon, excuse me. Mm. So I lose my breath. Too many Cubans. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Logan Sargent is on the struggle bus at his home Grand Prix. That's tough. Yeah. Okay, Piastri. Now, I will give Piastri a little bit of grace in that his teammate, superstar Lando Norris, is only two places ahead of him in 17th. McLaren is awful. So bad. Awful. What? Is it just their car, do you think? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. I mean... Their car was more competitive in Azerbaijan because they brought upgrades, apparently. Oh. But now everybody else is starting to bring upgrades. And okay. so it's like they already fired the bullet from having the worst car yeah. to like a halfway decent car for a week and a half to it seems like we're back to a really bad car. Right. Because um, they were really in the mix when we first started following F1, correct? Yeah, they were kind of in that best of the rest, like third, fourth place Yeah, exactly. Realm. Yeah. yeah, for and sure. And then they just... Totally fallen. Yeah, the, the you know Danny Rick took a lot of the heat last year because Lando was pretty competitive in the car. Yeah, but but now it just seems like it's it the car. just seems to be the car because right. I don't know that Lando got that bad. And then there's DeVries where Yuki is doing a great job. Yuki comes in eleventh place again. Yeah, he has three elevenths and two tenths. So he's basically driving that hunk of junk yeah. right up to the limit of the points. Right. And his teammate, again, a rookie, but is just, you know, back of the grid, back of the grid, back of the grid. Yeah. So Yuki has definitely stepped up. Uh, DeVries seems to be a mess. And I did see an Instagram post today, so you have no idea if it's right or not. Okay. But that basically said DeVries has like three more races to get his stuff together. They're going to bring in Danny Rick. Oh. But I don't see why Danny Rick would be like, let me drive that hunk of junk to resurrect my career. I feel better about being the Red Bull backup driver and having the best car on the grid if somebody gets sick or has an appendix removed or something like that. Didn't you know? he allude to something, though, that he would be back on the track soon? Well, he well, I think he meant like next year. Oh, okay. Or, you know, in a Red Bull. I wasn't sure if he if it seemed like he meant sooner than I just year. can't see Danny Rick. If he wasn't willing to go to Haas, if he wasn't willing to go back to Alpine yeah. or vice versa, maybe Alpine didn't want him. I can't see why he would jump and argue be the worst car on the grid to bring his career back. Do you think Yuki does a little bit better because he's just so tiny? Like he has, he's got to be with like one of the lightest 
drivers. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that, but at the end of the day, he was not doing that well last year, yeah, that's two true. years ago, and three years ago, whatever it was. I just, like, curiosity if that gives no, someone honestly, a slight edge. No, Max is relatively tall and is the best driver in the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, George Russell is relatively tall, very tall, apparently, for these guys, and he's a very tall. Oh, yeah, driver. he's very tall. So right. I don't think it's, has, I don't think there's enough of a weight issue. Got it. In my opinion. I was just curious. I didn't know. So we talked about Lando. Uh, Alfa Romero. So you've got Botas actually flirting with competitiveness at 13th place. Mm -hmm. And then Joe um, in 16th place. So the Alfa Romero continues to struggle. But good for Botas to be creeping towards the points. Mm -hmm. Uh, We look at 15th place. That would be Hulkenberg. Um, K-Mag came in 10th. So K-Mag gets a... What is this year kind of a rare win over his teammate? Hulkenberg's done a better job. K-Mex started the race fourth, yeah, albeit with some issues, right? In terms of other drivers didn't get to get their third their third lap in in Q three, et cetera. But yeah, good for K-Mag with a, with a fourth yeah. place on the grid, and good for K-Mag getting a point, confidence boost. And I do think that while that Haas isn't competitive the way a McLaren or sorry a uh, and Alpine is, or certainly the way at Aston Martin now is, obviously, arguably the second fastest car. Yeah. Uh, the Haas seems to be better than the Alfa better than the Williams for sure. Probably better, or arguably better than the uh, McLaren over the course of the next 20 for races. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. But, but you know, right now I think McLaren's a little bit ahead of Haas, but McLaren got lucky in Australia when everybody crashed out of the race. Oh, right, yeah. And they got their points kind of... Mm-hmm. You know, the cheap way. Exactly. But uh, Hulkenberg, not a bad raise, but certainly K-Mag, tip of the cap. Yeah. You're a Haas fan. I am. How are you feeling about Haas through five races? I I like it. I think they're having a good year for, you know, as far as things go for Haas and our and our boy Gunther. I think he's, uh, if they can keep it up, he might get a little heat off of him for once. There you go. <laughs> we, know, we know you're rooting for that. What, uh, what engine do they have? They have a Ferrari engine. Okay. That's what I thought. They have a Ferrari engine. And, you know, the interesting thing about both the Ferrari engine as well as the Mercedes engine is, for instance, uh, well, Ferrari is the fastest team that has a Ferrari mm-hmm. engine. Yeah. But I also would say that Ferrari's car seems to be a little bit, it's faster than the other Ferrari cars. Yeah. But it's definitely not, because Alfa Romero is also a Ferrari engine, I believe. Okay. Um, but it's not more reliable than those cars. Now, those cars are slow. Yeah. But those cars don't break down every week. So right. it's probably a good thing. Right. Um, but with the Mercedes is interesting is that with Aston Martin now clearly at least as good as Mercedes, if not quicker, that just goes back to the fact that their problems are a design problem by Mercedes engineers because yeah. it's the same engine in the McLaren. Mm. Sorry, I keep saying McLaren because Sorry. Alonso used to drive for McLaren. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And Ferrari. Yeah. And others. Yes. But Alonso's in the, Aston, in the Aston Martin, and Alonso is winning it with a Mercedes engine, but obviously a better designed car. Yes. But it's the same engine. So Got the Mercedes it. engine is plenty fast. Yeah. It's just that their design stinks. More on that later, I suppose. Yeah, working I, mean, our way up I feel like um, they're constantly, both drivers are constantly reporting and being like, check my tire if something doesn't feel right. I think they get dinged up a lot too this year. Who are you talking about? The Mercedes. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry, yeah, it's my fault for bringing them up, but yeah, totally. Sorry, they have a lot of issues, but not as many issues as Ferrari, which we'll get to. Yeah. So speaking of Aston Martin, twelfth place, Lance Stroll, and if this was a year ago, we'd say, <laughs> "Wow, good for Lance Stroll, billionaire son, the last true one left on the grid." His dad bought him the whole damn team. His dad brought him in Vettel, and then Vettel retires. His dad brings him in Alonso. Problem for Stroll is that he's coming in twelfth place after Yuki Sonoda, which we just established. Yuki's teammate. 
18th place. Stroll's teammate, Stroll finishing behind Yuki, is an Alonso who finished in third place. Yeah. The problem for Stroll is that Alonso's driving circles around him, which is totally fine for everybody. I'm sure everybody's happy about it for now. Yeah. But it just proves that Stroll is a worthy F1 driver, but he's not an elite driver, even when he's in an elite machine. Exactly. And that seems to be the issue. Right. Um, we finally, because we did 11th with Yuki, we did 10th with K-Mag, we finally get a double points weekend for Alpine again. Uh, Ocon and Gasly coming in, 8th and ninth. Gasly with the nod there over Ocon. Mm-hmm. I think the Alpine has been, I would say disappointing, but really that would only be because the Aston Martin has taken such a leap. Yeah. But the Aston Martin has arguably leaped over Ferrari definitely and probably Mercedes potentially. Right. So you really can't get mad at Alpine for being where they belong. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, you that know, so sense. the French connection coming in 8th and ninth. So finally we get a pretty good weekend from Ferrari. Yep. Charles Leclerc. Do you call him Charles Leclerc? Charles Leclerc? Charles Leclerc? Chucky? What do you call him? It's Charles, Charles Leclerc. I believe, right? Yeah, that's the French way of saying I it. I believe a lot of the folks on the British broadcast like calling him Leclerc. It's, I call him Leclerc at first, too, and then I learn better. Yeah. I feel like you got to call the guy by his real name. Yeah, or, or how he would pronounce it. Correct. Which I believe would be the French way. Correct. Yeah. Even though he's from Monaco. I mean, again, it's a city-state. Uh, tomato, tomato. Correct. Well, it's right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Leclerc in seventh. Leclerc, as always, gets a little bit of bad luck. Yeah. Because I believe he actually qualified on the pole, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was pole. Oh, Checo was two or vice versa. I mean, oh, sorry. Azerbaijan, Leclerc was the pole. My bad. Yeah. Checo was he the pole this. here. He crashed this. He did. Yeah, he had a... Yeah, he, but, but he actually did get through it. But anyway... Yeah. But Leclerc did have a decent race, seventh place. And Sainz, who had better luck and seems to always have better luck, which is really bad news because when your better driver has the worst luck, your, your worst driver comes in fifth instead of seventh, et cetera. But they got a nice 5-7. Mercedes moving up in the constructors. We'll get to that before we go. Yeah. Hamilton's in sixth, which you'd say, well, Hamilton's in sixth, but I think he started 13th. He also had issues in Q2. So Hamilton, nice drive up the grid, coming in sixth place in a Mercedes that, again, is kind of a hunk of junk yeah. compared to the fastest cars on the grid. Talked about signs. Russell, a really nice weekend, fourth place. George Russell, that is. Yeah. Um, but again, he's way off the pace, and he's seven seconds Yeah, seven seconds behind Alonso. So no real shot at a podium. Does anyone really root for him? Like for Russell? Were, yeah. Like, who are his fans? Well, I don't know, because I think there's got to be some hardcore folks who liked him at Williams and respected that he was kind of gutting it out over there. Okay. That's but, fair. But I agree that, you know, you, you're well documented in not liking a lot of these guys, and I think Russell, the most besides Nick DeVries. Yeah. I think people do like George Russell, but I don't think they like him the way that they like other people on the grid. That's a fair statement, I guess. Um, yeah. I do like that he, he loves to screw up Max's life, though. Yeah, sure. Can't can't argue with that. Okay. Yeah. So then we get to the podium. And I believe for the fourth time in five races, Alonso comes in third place. And his fifth finish is a fourth place. So Alonso is back. He's back. He is back in a big way. He's having a great time. He's a 42-year-old guy. He's in dating rumors like we talked two weeks ago with... Uh, Taylor Swift, even though that's not true, the people talk about it. most famous lady on the planet. Oh, the, she's on to other dating rumors, don't worry. What do we got? What do we got? Let's do an intermission. Oh, I have to look up his name. It's the guy in the 1975. His oh, name's like it? something Kelly. He's got a band. 
Yeah, you know the 1975? I'm aware of them, yes. Yeah, I think it's like the lead singer. It's very off-brand for her, so everyone's all in a tizzy about it. She probably needed to, whether it's real or not, needed to get rid of these Alonzo rumors, because it was probably like, what the hell is going on? I think that would have been great for her. What a crossover story. Oh, I think it would have been great, but I think it was completely farcical, so it's kind of like, you got to put an end to that. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think Aston Martin and Alonzo really were. I think they were kind of like being very coy about it. Yeah, well. Which, why not? Again, Any press is good press, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think what we've, we're learning still through five races, and so now we're over a fifth of the way through the season, believe it or not. This Aston Martin may or may not end up being the second fastest car, um, but it is definitely not the fastest car. The fastest car, not even close, is absolutely the Red Bull. Yeah. And as good of a driver as Alonso is, as good of a driver as Lewis is, as good of a driver as Leclerc is, not compared to those two, but it's very good. The, those cars, the Mercedes, the Ferrari, the Aston Martin, no shot in hell to catch these Red Bulls unless the Red Bulls break down or crash or wreck each other. Yeah. Just no shot. Red Bull is so far ahead, it's not And those funny. two guys are so good that they don't right. really have that happen to them a lot. Correct. So now we're looking at, I think, what is the one of two remaining interesting questions for the season. Okay. Which is, okay, Alonso has a better car than the Mercedes guys, but a yeah. worse teammate. So with 18 races left and a very close race for second place, I believe it's about six points or something. Yeah. Is Aston Martin going to stay ahead and get second place in the constructors, or is Mercedes' overall quality and depth going to win out over the long haul? Because here's Stroll again finishing behind Yuki in an Alpha Tori. Right. Or his teammate is finishing ahead of everybody but the Red Bulls. Yeah. And then you've got Russell and Hamilton in fourth and sixth. And arguably, Hamilton had a bad race and finished in sixth place because yeah. he started in 13th. How many podiums has Hamilton had this? I think he's won this year, and I think Russell has won this year. I mean, clearly, the, the, the podium machine is the Aston Martin with Alonso, but the problem is Stroll is just, Stroll is just nowhere close right yeah, now. Yeah, right. So I just will pose to you, does two good drivers in a slightly worse car do better than... It's one incredible drive, one good driver in an incredible car. When the other driver is the daddy's son of the car, or the team. That's a good question. How many? What's the points difference between yeah, I'll third look it and up. fourth place? Okay, I'm, I'll look up the standings right now. Because I think, well, how much? How many points do you get? I guess is my question. So winner gets twenty five points. Okay. And then it kind of works down from there. So. Uh, it's like 25, and then I think it's kind of like 18, 16, 14. It kinda, the, win, the win itself gets the most gap between the next place. Mm-hmm. But 10th gets one, 9th right. gets two. Okay. And, so, and I think it goes by, by – it basically kind of goes up from there. So it's, it's like one, two, four, six, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. Um, so the points right now are the constructors that Aston Martin is at 102 points – Okay. And then Mercedes is at 96 points. And we have uh, 18 races to go. So it's, it's negligible, right? Yeah. I mean, for instance, Red Bull's at 224 points already. So they're over 100 points, 122 points to be exact. They're ahead of Aston Martin by more points than Aston Martin has. Mm. So again, the ship has sailed on Red Bull and the yep. constructors. Okay. So Aston Martin is only six points ahead despite having four podiums compared to Mercedes one which was Lewis, yeah. Russell at the podium. I really think that if the Mercedes upgrades that I hear are coming to Imola, 
make a dent in this, then I think it's going to be a no-brainer because I don't think Stroll's going to be able to keep up with the Mercedes guys in a really good, a better car. Yeah. The question is, is there actually a better car coming? Right. So that brings me to my next one, which is no one's checking. Wow, the loudest vehicle in the history of the world is one by the studio. What was that? That was wild. and That scared the crap out of me. It was a car with like a PA system. Yeah. That was weird. Okay, so many good things happening here. Uh, live from South Boston. Yep. And our, our, d- our daughter's wide awake. Child's wide awake now. It's going great. Good times. It's going great. This is uh, the professionalism I've been going for since <laughs> since moving to Boston. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Red Bull, Checo wins two races. Max wins two races. Miami's a street circuit. Checo's good on the street. Max is starting nine. Checo's starting first. Max absolutely trucks Checo. Yeah. Are you willing to say this thing is over, even though it's still tight and there's the points, or do you think Checo just had a bad day and there's still a chance? Max is at 119 points. Checo is at 105 points. And then Alonso is way behind at 75 points. I feel like they set up Max to win of this course. race. Oh, the team did. Yeah. With, so it with was, the pit stops. It was, oh, well, true. True. And the strategy worked out for him. The thing about the strategy is... Red Bull's really good at it, but also you never know with like a rain delay or a crash or a virtual safety car if someone will get screwed on the strategy. But what you're saying is, based on how it played out and based on when the strategy's going in, Red Bull set up Max for success. Well, I think, too, with Max being... He is a good driver. I mean, he's not the most likable person, but he's a stellar driver. You can assume that he can do the work starting in a ninth or 10th place and make his way up to first. I don't know that Checo is yeah. talented that way. So I'm sure game plan wise, they must have just set it up that way because they knew Max could really reach it and say he's going he's gonna to get this one. Right. Well, I think one of the interesting things was I believe Max started back in, like, I want to say 16th or 19th earlier in the year and got second. Yeah. Or 15th, 14th. He was definitely in the middle of the teens at right. least. And he basically, the only person he couldn't catch was Checo. Doesn't seem to matter and, for him. And instead of being, say, in 14th, he was in 9th. Yeah. And that definitely allowed him to catch Checo. So right. I think this is over. I was really hopeful that if Checo could maybe get over the hump in Miami on a street circuit and go up and, you know, have yeah. the edge, that maybe people would be interested in kind of, huh, you know, like, let's, let's let him really duke it out. And I still think this is mathematically, of course, of course, of course. Checo can win this thing. But I just think that if Max is going to start ninth and you're going to start first and you're going to get caught, and basically unless Max starts like 15th, you're not going to win. Right. Or unless Max has a bad pit strategy or a bad luck with the pit or just crashes out then or, you know, DNFs with his car breaking down. Yeah. I unfortunately think that this is over. Uh, I think it's great that Checo's doing great and can push Max and it's not allowing Max to go undefeated. But as George Russell said after the first race of the year – I just think Red Bull's going to win every single race this year. He didn't say Max. He said Red Bull. And so yeah. far, he's right. They're 5-5. Right. Five five, so yeah. Yeah. there we go. Um, any other thoughts on this race other than how good that Cuban sandwich was? The Cuban sandwich was delicious. Yeah. I probably it's my favorite. You know, Should been, we give the ingredients? Yes. For those of you who have not listened to Jeremy Johnson on this pod, who are not Cuban sandwich makers yourselves, or who just want to hear it one more time, Cindy, what was in today's Cuban sandwich? Because we're not saying it's the only way to make a Cuban. No, there, I think there's certainly different versions. But roasted pork, po- oh goodness. It's going. 
Pork loin. Yeah, not easy to say. It's not easy to say. Black Forest ham. Grillo's spicy pickles. Mm. I think that was... That was a nice kick. That was the key. Yeah. Uh, Cuban mustard. Mm-hmm. I don't know what makes mustard Cuban, Cuban, but all good. Swiss cheese, and it's on a muffaletta roll. Which was a nice touch, because they're not always on that. Yeah. But that was that was the, uh, the take from Lincoln here in South Boston. Yeah. Very good. Uh, effort, especially for being, again, 1,000-plus miles away from Miami, let alone Cuba. So, yeah. Uh, good stuff. So the next race is kind of this weekend coming up, May 19th to the 21st. It is in Italia. It's the Gran Premio. Oh, I love this one. It's in uh, Emilia a- Romana. So there's a couple races in Italy. Obviously, there's Monza later in the year outside of Milan. This one's more in the Emilia Romana region, which I think is, don't quote me on this, but closer to like Parma. Yeah, um, I feel like this is a really pretty race. I believe it's a I very like pretty this race. This track is super pretty. Yeah, so I'm excited because we're finally getting into some of the old classic tracks. Yeah. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, um, even this, obviously Miami, you know, street tracks or recently added races. Yeah. Uh, this one is an old favorite, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful, picturesque setting, and we'll see how it goes. Any predictions? Or I mean, It's really tough to predict before practice, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I just could repeat the same as uh, as last week. So you just think it's going to be a Max Checo Alonso podium? I think very well could, unless Mercedes can get their shit together. And I don't think we're there yet. I don't think they're bringing the upgrades until Monza. So it's going to have to come to luck in terms of, again... When's that race? Uh, I think Monza's... I don't know exactly, but I want to say it is at least another month out. Oh, jeez. So I could check, but I believe so you're going to go to Italy and then you leave Italy and you do some things and you come back. Yeah. Um, I believe it is before... Uh, so Monaco's right after this. So you go Emilia Romana and then Monaco. Yeah. And then I believe there's a two-week break and then it's... I'm not sure it's Monza right then or not, but Monza's kind of within, I believe, the next month of that. Okay. And I think that's when you're going to see... If Mercedes is going to be able to do anything this year, you're going to see it kind of at Monza is what I've been hearing. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. So say you're Toto Wolf. Okay. How are you reacting to all of this right now? Oh, this person's going by again. Literally shaking the street. Somehow the baby is back asleep and sleeping through that. I know everybody's really excited about us talking about it, but why is this person doing laps on East 8th Street? I'm not sure. You can literally go in any other direction. I know. Okay. Well, I feel like an old man get off my porch, but I think it's warranted. <laughs> so if I'm Toto Wolf, so I think Toto's already come out and said it. I think after the second race of the year, maybe even the first, he basically said that he was ticked off because the concept that Mercedes brought last year in 2022 with basically no side pods in the new regulations, it was the only car with no side pods, which means it was either going to be the best design or basically the worst design. Yeah. And it's basically the worst design, but the rest of the Mercedes is so well-oiled that it's not the worst car. Yeah. They don't have the worst drivers, but it's not faster than the Red Bull. It wasn't faster than last year's Ferrari. Yeah. So what the engineers and the designers did was they decided to double down on that concept, which is not what Toto wanted. Toto wanted them to basically copy Red Bull, copy Aston Martin, just go with the flow. Yeah. And then, you know, put your own spin on it. Right. Which is totally legal and fine. Yeah. It's basically what Aston Martin did, which is why they went from like, Eighth last year to second this year. Correct. They basically said, let's make a green Red Bull. Right. And they did. And Mercedes engineers decided to be stubborn and say, no, we can get more speed out of this car. 
which they did, but they didn't get anywhere close to enough speed. And, oh, by the way, Red Bull got way faster. Yeah. Um, so Toto's pissed, but I think yeah. he's already had the moment. Wasn't there a They budgeting? already fired the guy. Wasn't there a budgeting thing, too? Well, everybody's on a... Well, yeah, but that and, was from, like, two years ago. Okay, okay. But it should maybe affect their ability to test for next year, but they're so far ahead, I'm not sure it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Same for Aston Martin, by the way. They both... Ironically, the two fastest cars this year cheated two years ago in terms of the cost cap. Interesting. But there was a shift... Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, in Mercedes, where the guy who used to be in charge of designing the car yeah. had moved upstairs to like spend more time with family, oh. and then the guy who used to be upstairs was designing the car, and they switched back jobs. Oh. So basically, instead of firing anybody, they basically just like reassigned the guy who was stubborn with the side pods, mm. and got basically got, got promoted... But it's probably kind of one of those promotions like where Like an emeritus type of Yeah, exactly. Position. They're like, get yeah. the hell out of here. We're bringing the guy back who yeah. had his fast back in 2021 before. Right. So, yeah, I think Toto's already spoken. Got it. Okay. I think he's not happy, but I think he's moving on. And He's such a competitive guy. Just, you know. Yeah, they're not happy. Jeez. They're yeah. definitely not happy. But, know. you know, they're all competitive. And what's the thing he has, that driver um, that was on Haas... Um, Mick Schumacher. Yeah. What, he has, like, him over his shoulder for every race. What is that about? Well... I don't know. Isn't that bizarre? Does anyone else think that that's bizarre? Yeah, I mean, you don't see Danny Rick just hanging out with Christian. But then again, Christian goes on the wall. Yeah. Like, Christian goes out on the wall where Toto stays in the base or the garage, wherever they stay. Right. But I feel like part of bringing Mick into Mercedes, because Mick's German, his dad's a German legend, Mercedes-Benz is a German brand. Yeah. Is they're basically trying to get him to FaceTime and my guess is they're going to try to make him a thing when Lewis retires. Okay. And probably give it at least a year to try to make Mick a thing. Got it. And so I think what they're trying to do is give him ultimate... This is me just talking out of school, making things up. But I think they're trying to give him optimal FaceTime. Yeah. So that it's like, well, he's sitting next to Toto. And he's intently he's working learning. on the races. Yeah. And he really wants to get back into a drive. And maybe part of it's to get him a drive somewhere else sooner. But if not, I think they're going to try to make Mick a thing. Uh, following whenever Lewis eventually retires or leaves the team. Side note about Lewis, he was at the Lakers game with Leonardo DiCaprio last night. Mm. It's quite a combination, I thought. A-list to the hilt. Yeah. I mean, who knew those two were friends? What an A... Well, Leo had a mask on to boot. A-list to the hilt. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Just some side gossip. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So Lewis is at the game the other night. He's going to be in Italy in like two days. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. That's in a week and a half. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. My bad. I'm already pissing away the month. But, like, I mean, four days. Yeah, but you know what? Lewis is in a private jet. It's yeah. going to be fine. That's He's not cool. flying Delta. Yeah. He's not using Sky Miles. Wow. All right. So, listen, before we go, Pop Sketch Designs. Follow them on Instagram at Pop Sketch Designs. Go to their Etsy store, etsy.com slash shop slash Pop Sketch Designs. Again, the Rihanna Super Bowl 57 MVP t shirt is absolutely. The, the hottest thing Marky Sal and Braden have done. There's got to be some Rihanna fans out there listening. Where are you going to get a Super Bowl MVP Rihanna t-shirt, sweatshirt, hoodie, hat, for free shipping? Pop Sketch Designs. You want to lament the Bruins also. They have, they have some great Bruins shirts, great designs. So Boston Bruins fans, lick your wounds. Yeah. Get ready for next season. Let's get ready for next season. And visit Pop Sketch Designs. All right, yes. fill up your freestyle. This has been the F1 Feast, Miami edition. Cindy, thanks for being on. We will talk to you thanks later. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>